Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode oh. of the Midcar Minute. I am Nick, joined as always by my amazing co-host, Chris. What's going on, dude? I'm doing amazingly. How are you, Nick? I'm doing great. We're here to talk some dirge, but before we do, we should thank all those people who make it possible. Oh, yeah. Those being the Mosey Gang, those who are courteous, courteous enough to throw some gill our way every month. If you would like to be a member of the Mosey Gang, get into our Discord. We've got game nights, memes, all around nonsense. It's making the wait for Integrate a lot easier. Uh, all you gotta do is become a member of the Mosey Gang. There's a link in the episode description, as well as our social media profiles. But as always, we're just thankful to have you. But without further ado, a big thank you to... Ryan, Cameron, Brianne, Jillian, Kyle, Charlotte, Scott, Dan, Kevin, AJ, Garrett, Sam, and Danny. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you all very much. And, and without and gals <laughs> without further ado we're in for a good one today i gotta say mm -hmm. uh, i think with the exception of azul we're gonna have a great time today everything <laughs> surrounding him was pretty enjoyable and i'm starting to see even more so than last episode how some of this is gonna bleed into remake mm. like you're starting to see it a little bit and you know what honestly with uh, the way that everything else is start starting to amp up it's kind of drowning azul out into the background which is kind of nice because that's where God. he deserves to be <laughs> you know i feel like all this other stuff kind of took my attention away and like once that once you kind of step back and see the overall picture of what's going to happen you're like oh azul's just like this tiny little pixel on this on this giant picture so right let him just hang out over there and you know i'm sure he'll we'll have another you know we'll have another uh scene with him uh, pontificating on the all oh, the purpose of your power and this and whatever the fuck you talked about last time exactly and, and that's why at the end of the day when you look at all this stuff from dirge when when you reduce it to supplementary content in a much larger narrative mm -hmm. things seem to align a little bit better um, yeah but let's get started on where this one picks off yes we we get a, a nice little flashback to uh our our fresh fresh young blood Vincent uh, talking to Hojo uh, about whose face is like shadow in shadow else. yeah it's I, it's very interesting because um, I guess this is the the I guess he was always Hojo right but this is Hojo before he commits the most taboo sins of his life yeah so you know, he's, he's not like, quite he's like Shadow Hojo. Dio basically exactly he's not quite the Hojo <laughs> we know yet yeah and it's I I mean I I when I initially saw it I was like. Are they trying to hide who <laughs> this person is? I'm like, it's pretty obvious. Like, I mean, thinking about, you know, obviously at this point in the story, because we're post-Advent Children, there's like people who, people know who this character is. So it's like, I hope they're not trying to, you know, oh, put it in shadow to be like, oh, well, we're, we're going to reveal later that it was Hojo all along. <laughs> you well, know? you know what I think it might be if I were to guess, right? They've never shown Hojo's face in this mm. render, right? Yeah. Like we remember when we saw him at the beginning of the game yeah, was, and he was, was just, just a dead body or corpse. Yeah. We never saw his face. So they're just continually hiding his face. And perhaps we'll see if that, if there's some sort of payoff for that later. Yeah. I, I you know, in my mind, I'm imagining that they're going to do a split screen between his face and Weiss's face. 
and they're going to be like That'd talking be at the same time and that would be the dumbest thing ever but i would also really enjoy it because <laughs> like at this at a certain point with this game in particular i keep thinking about all this wacky stuff that could happen and i'm like yeah yeah i want to see the wacky stuff i want it to get weird i want them to kind of go into that because i feel like this game a lot of it suffers from that like super serious tone not that a game can't be serious or whatever but you know i feel like if they leaned into you know it's like you know, and we obviously have these little moments of levity with, like, Kate Sith walking around and, you know, doing his hoity-toity stuff. And, you know, as and I feel but like... For the, the most part, this game shines when it's being silly or, or right. taking itself lightly. Right, right. And I feel like with what we're going to be seeing here in the next, you know, these next two chapters that we're talking about, I feel like they start to get a little bit more like, oh, yeah, let's go back into the... It's almost like the, the life gets pumped back into this game a little bit. Yeah, we sort of return to the core, right? Yeah, not that this game was like... It wasn't, like, boring me, but I feel like it was starting to... I mean, I had said, I think it was in the last episode, that, like, I feel like it was starting to build on me, but I feel like as I was going through this chapter, uh, chapter 6 in particular, where I was like, ah, like... I want to just, like, I feel like we're just kind of tiptoeing to the next thing, and I'm like, can we just get to the next thing <laughs> already, you know? Like, I felt like, because it started ramping up in last episode, and the last, even the episode prior to that, you know, things have started, there's this trajectory that we could sort of see of things kind of, we're reaching some sort of summit, but we don't really know where it's going, and we do hopefully, oh, well, we do, thankfully, I should say, see that summit, uh, at the end of this. Um, yeah, we're, we're starting to get really clued in into what's going on. Like, you know, um, speaking of this scene with Hojo, Lucretia, and Vincent, essentially what's being discussed at the round table, and I think this is such a cool little detail that not only builds out Vincent's character, but the world, is mm-hmm. there was somebody who was trying to stop the experimentation on Sephiroth. Basically, he's there. And, like, it's so funny because we know Vincent is, like, such a cold and distant guy. Mm -hmm. But he was the only one with a heart that was like, you're going to experiment on your own child. Like, he was trying to talk some sense into her. Right? He was the softy in the room. Like, how many rooms do you get where Vincent is the actual vocal softy? Yeah, it's like he literally, he was a different person back when he was a Turk. You know, pretty much all... And I, f- I feel like it's almost like Vincent uh, is a kind of a nice sort of, I don't want to say allegory, but like, you know, he just like at one point, he's a guy who at a certain point had a certain ideal and certain version of himself that he wanted to be, right? And then, you know, all this messed up stuff happens to him and then he turns into like this kind of cold, jaded person, but he still has that softness within him, right? He's just kind of like his, right. he kind of built up this sort of exterior to, I guess, protect himself from further emotional trauma, which I think is always nice how they sort of have these themes in Final Fantasy. And I, I it's definitely not just in, in the seven world, but I feel like in all the Final Fantasy games, at least that I've played, that they have all these subtle um, sort of themes going on in the background that you don't necessarily need like someone to be like, hey, this is what's going on. But, you know, you can kind of, like, if you're dealing with something similar yourself, you can kind of pick up on that and be like, oh. Like, you know, it makes me connect with Vincent a little bit more, you know, seeing how he sort of is handling these things. And as we will find out later um, throughout these next two chapters that we're talking about, 
that he is also continuing to grow at some point and is, you know, re- he starts to realize like, oh, what what am I fighting for? That sort of thing. And I always like when characters go through that arc of like, they're, especially they're just as things and, are ramping yeah. up too. Mm-hmm. Like that, that always adds a certain level to it. Exactly. Uh, uh, but this next scene perplexes me a little bit. I was hoping we could talk on it for a second. Sure. So after we, after they have that little round table of Hojo, Lucretia, and Vincent, where Vincent's trying to stop the experimentation on Sephiroth, we get a cut. And I don't know if this is meant to be a symbolic cut or if it's I, something that really happened. I think it is. Um, and, and just to, for, for the people listening at home, we cut to a, a, a scene of uh, Lucrezia kind of just walking and then she starts holding her stomach, and then we see flashes of Genova, and like Genova crash landing on the planet, and like all the stuff going that went happened in Nibelheim, and then we see Sephiroth, and you know with the flames and everything, and I think that that was more of a symbolic thing. Yeah, I feel like that was a symbolic cut. Because obviously yeah. Lucrezia was not alive when all that Nibelheim stuff happened, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, no, yeah, <laughs> or or you know, whatever. Because I mean, she's not. I don't. Because I still don't know. And for for all people, if you, if you are not aware, is that I I have not gone ahead and read the story of this game, so I'm kind of just going off of what I just know or of what we've been shown so far. And Nick actually has gone ahead and seen stuff, so you have you have knowledge of certain things that I definitely don't. Yeah, and we, we're just we're gonna keep them close to the chest. Yeah, we're on the ride. <laughs> But we do keep seeing Lucrezia in this sort of crystal thing. From the very beginning of the game, we saw her in this sort of crystal formation thing. It seems like this is a place Vincent visits in his dreams. Right. Or, yeah. I'm because, I yeah, I'm not sure if that's a actual physical place or it is, you know, like you said, more of like a like a metaphysical it seems like a dreamscape sort of thing right because i know i know nomura i know nomura loves this trope that you can find a lost loved one in your dreams Mm. there's a lot there's a lot of stories that kind of use that trope a lot um and i i know nomura has a lot of at least back in the day had a lot of influence on vincent's character so yeah the idea that he's communicating with a lost loved one in a dreamscape that's that's and i feel and yeah i feel like that lines up because a lot of I feel like a lot of this game's sort of uh, tone and stuff like that is more geared towards like Vincent's inner struggle, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of and all the stuff. It's a great way to illustrate it. Yeah, and I feel like if it's more of a like just a thing of being like, oh, this is just a representation of, you know, his memory of Lucrezia locked away in his in his in his heart or his brain or whatever, right? Yeah. Like I feel like that makes a lot of sense actually. And I think in some ways it, it's sort of symbolic for the way he remembers her, right? Because, like, he, despite her flaws, right, like, he, he was in love with her. Like, this was the mm-hmm. love of his life. And then he goes in these dreams, and where where is she? She's she's crystallized, right? Like Yeah, she's in her perfect, like, yeah, in her idealized yeah. form, right? Per, yeah, that's totally, I feel like, yeah, once, once you sort of look at it that way, I feel like that totally makes a lot more sense. And just real quick, I want to talk, uh, the scene that we were just talking about with them, uh, Lucrezia, Hojo, and Vincent talking. She, Lucrezia to me seemed like because it obviously Hojo is going to do it because he doesn't give a fuck about anything. But Lucrezia f- seemed, at least to me, it seemed like she was kind of maybe doing this under duress, even though she was like, "Yeah, I want to do it." Yeah, but you know, she kind of at least the voice acting led me to believe that like 
she's saying, yeah, I want to do it, but she's really saying no. You know what I mean? Or like, she's not okay with it. Cause you know, I, I don't think Lucrezia, as far as I know, is not a heartless monster <laughs> like Hojo is. So I, I think and she probably why, would feel. And this is why I that. really, I really hope remake. This is the stuff. This is the dirge stuff. I want remake to double down on. Mm-hmm. Give me more of Lucrezia. What yeah. was going on in her head? What made her want to fucking she's experiment kind of an important on character. her baby? Yeah, she's a really important <laughs> She's character. kind of a big deal, she's you Seth know? Roth's mom. What As... made her want to experiment on her baby? I, I really... What brought her to that place? Like, she was seems the thing... like such a soft and gentle soul. You know, and we kind of we kind of learn a little bit more about, like, Omega and stuff in this chapter. And, like, how, you know, or, like, what Omega is and kind of what he's meant to do or whatever. But I feel like at the same time, it's like... Even still, it's like, what was Sephiroth meant to counteract that? Or was he, like, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like eventually there's going to be a big info dump chapter <laughs> where Vice is going to be like, this is why this is happening, and blah, 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 blah. And there's going to be all this other stuff that I feel like is almost like I, I don't want to think on it too much just because I don't want to... I don't want to cloud my head with expectations and then get to yeah. the point and be like, oh, well, okay, I guess it's, oh, you know, it's this instead of that. You know what I mean? So, but, a- um, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that scene, you know, that they did with all the Genova stuff and mixed in with Sephiroth and her, I feel like that was more of a symbolic thing. I and think I, so too. I, it's I- weird that, you know, she is like reacting to this and I wonder Maybe it's like her, because she's holding her stomach. So I'm thinking. Well, that's that's where Sephiroth is. She's yeah. Pregnant. So I'm thinking maybe yeah, she's maybe she maybe she is having visions of like, oh, this is gonna be the future of this kid. Because I, well, you know, it I might be... it might imply that they've already put the Genova cells in. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. and then I think like that was given a Sephiroth in the womb. Like, no, this will be woven into his cellular. Structure. It's like yeah, this is like you're seeing like you know. You know, or like he, she probably had a feeling or something oh, that he was going man. to, this was going to be his destiny, right? Yes. But I think the far more interesting part of this scene was after it fades to black and then Vincent says, that was my sin. And this. Yeah, apathy, I guess, yeah. This <laughs> is, my, is punishment. my punishment. It is just like, I love that, and especially because. The subtitles are not on the bottom where they normally would be. They're dead center in the middle of the screen. So, like, that's a very deliberate kind of, like... Extra effect. I feel like if, even if you didn't have the subtitles on, I feel like they would probably still show them there. So, I'm like, that's important. And I feel like that is sort of kind of what I was alluding to before. Is like, I, the the furtherment of Vincent as a character or the betterment of him is kind of wrapped around this idea that he is sort of punishing himself for failing obviously to save lucrezia and uh, i'm sure i'm uh, probably at this now would assume that him failing to save lucrezia's son sephiroth uh also probably maybe feeling guilty about that but then i gotta it's probably a little difficult because obviously we know what sephiroth went off to do and who he became to be and all that stuff and it's like do you have i wonder if he feels bad at all still <laughs> You know, or if he feels anything towards uh, towards Sephiroth other than like, ah, whatever, he's just a, you know, another douchebag I gotta <laughs> shoot, you know, <laughs> or something. I, I'm, I'm curious, because I don't think, as far as I know, in the original FF7, he, 
I, I don't remember Vincent ever having really any sort of I like. This is how I feel about the situation <laughs> in regards to Sephiroth. No, Vincent's Vincent's very cold in OG. If anything, you see him warm up the slightest bit at the end of the day, like when mm. you take home a stray cat and feed it for the first time. But that's what a lot of this game was about because he didn't really get a lot of growth in OG. There wasn't a lot of room for him. Right. Um, so, but I do remember that when you first find him, he refuses to go with you. But mm-hmm. once he kind of finds out your greater goal, he's like, you know what? I'll tag along. Yeah, I'll do that. that. <laughs> I think I think at the very least I, I owe that. Um, but then after, because uh, he has a vision of himself in like the chaos form, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, Lucrezia seems sweet, but she really has a terrible habit of experimenting on the people she loves most. Yeah. She needs to chill. Anyway, yeah, she needs to chill out. She needs to fucking chill. Like, I know Hojo's bad, but Lucrezia... All right, the optics aren't good. So anyway, Vincent wakes up, and and we are he, met... he finds an angel. Yeah, <laughs> a Wu Tai angel in her I, hoodie. I love this, and it really makes me excited for Integrate because I hope, and at least from what we've seen of Integrate so far, it seems like Yuffie is going to kind of keep this sort of like wacky persona. I hope you know? she never loses it. And it's just like the, this whole thing being culminated, like she's like, yes, I'm the the one white flower of uh, of Wu Tai, and all this all this grandiose thing, and then she just falls wipes over out. and <laughs> completely wipes her head on. Which a- is fun, dude. That made me think of the dirge, not the dirge trailer, the integrate trailer. Like the same thing <laughs> yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, she- and it's like I hope. Like once I saw this, it made me super excited, or even more excited, I should say. Because I'm like, man, I really hope they kind of, like, I'm excited to see Yuffie in, in this newer context, you know? Absolutely, because she's a very charismatic character who can, you know, you can carry a dialogue with Yuffie very easily. Vincent, there's a lot of struggle there. You yeah, know? and Everyone whereas, Everyone surrounding yeah. Vincent has to pretty much do all the talking. Yeah, whereas Vincent barely talks, uh, Yuffie talks, maybe never someone stops. would say too much, but stops. I, hope I don't think stops. so. <laughs> but I what I do think stops. is that in this, in terms of Dirge of Cerberus, I feel like she's going to kind of get pushed to the side a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not her game, but like you know, I feel like, especially since you know this this is technically the well, not the first time that we see her, but first time we see her in game, and she's already. Oh, we should mention we should just to recap Lord. from the last episode. By the way, I'm sorry to mm, interrupt. Sure. But just to recap, Yuffie is the one who rescued Vincent. From uh, the end of from the last Rosso, chapter. From Rosso, yes. Yes, from Rosso. And yeah, she was even like, oh, you had a big hole in your chest, and uh, it's not there anymore. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. But you, yeah, al- she even says at one point, you always were different. You always were. So I guess yeah. it's okay. Like this, like this scene in particular, I feel like is what made me feel that feeling of like what I was saying before, of like, we needed this kind of goofy stuff. And I feel like we were only getting that with Kate Sith, and I'm like... I don't, as we, as it's well documented on this podcast, I'm not the biggest fan of Kate Sith, (laughs) but you know, it was like, I I was just accepting it because I'm like, all right, this is the only lightheartedness that we're going to get. But then, you know, Yuffie hits the scene and then just immediately I'm like, oh my God, thank you. And that's something I think this chapter shows us, by the way, is that all these characters you know, the good ones and the bad ones, right? Your Vincents and your Azuls. Mm-hmm. They perform and fit much better when this supporting cast is around them. Oh, right? absolutely. 10,000%, like, yes. You know, <laughs> it works so much better. So, 
I'm really excited for this second half that we're getting into mm-hmm. because I feel like in so many ways, Yuffie and Vincent are such a good pair. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like really, and as we're going to see in a little bit, like that point just goes, it's exponential when uh, when certain other events happen that we're going to get to. Also, where... I like seeing one thing, one consistency I like seeing, and that's something I'm going to break up a few times on this episode, mm-hmm. is I feel like they've actually been super consistent with Yuffie's character in the entire compilation. Yeah. Um, one b- including what the little we've seen in Integrate, where you see that she kind of like is fawning over our Avalanche crew, yeah. like Cloud Tifa, Barrel, yeah, she's like, those are the ones, over them, yeah. they're the ones who did it, and like even in this scene, Should she's we say like, hi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, even in this scene, she's like, me, imagine that, saving the great Vincent Valentine. It's like, you know, she kind of holds everybody in this high reverence because it, not even in, maybe not necessarily always in an admiring sense, but that it elevates herself along with it. Yeah, yeah. And that she's always just like, man, yeah, she, she, I feel like she is, she'll never miss an opportunity to, like, talk herself up, you know. But also at the same time is like, ah, but you're, you're okay, too. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, I just, I thought that was, that was fantastic. That, and I love that when, after she says that, she's like, do I get any thanks? And then like, Vincent just looks at her like so straight. It's like, you. Yuffie, thank you. And then he's Yuffie's like, like ah, I don't know. Like, Stop being I so serious. serious. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're supposed to be the quiet asshole. Yeah, she should have grumbled at me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then uh, as much as, uh, as, as that scene brought me up, uh, oh, the next scene where we find that Azul is not dead just brought me right back down again. Yeah, yeah. As I was like, oh, riding on the high of like seeing Yuffie and seeing her be a, a, a clumsy ninja, the clumsiest ninja in Wutai. Uh, yeah, and then we, well, also we do see that uh, Shelk has woken up and uh, her and Shalua have, they kind of have their sort of like who are you i'm your sister but no i'm i work for deep ground sort of uh standoff that they've had in that that last episode i will say i will say shalua was a badass in this scene oh yeah absolutely and if in there's the any upcoming scene i should say but like yeah. yeah if there was any doubt that shalua was not a badass that is thrown out completely out the window uh with this chapter you know, she's one of those characters that when they first showed up, you're like, all right, this is campy and a really weird outfit going on here. Yeah, I'm but like, then, this... like, she, like, she's one of the ones who really grew on me. Yeah, like, I mean, I think what was the first thing I said? I'm like, oh, it's a Riku and Oran's love child. Riku and Oran's love child. <laughs> and, and finally, a scientist in Shinra that thinks human experimentation is wrong. Yeah, thank yeah. God. Thank God. <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, she only comes in at the very end of the of the storyline. Uh, in the I guess the greater overall storyline, I should say. You know, when everything's already kind of fucked. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey guys, I think none of that stuff should have happened. It's like, man, if only we had you uh, a couple years earlier. A couple decades earlier, I guess I should say. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Shalua is another, like this chapter really speaks to her strengths as well. Cause I was kind of saying in the last episode that she was starting to kind of become a real character and I was afraid that she was going to do the thing where like, Oh, I was, you know, working against you or whatever. But then once I saw that Shulk was her sister and she was working for deep ground, I'm like, now you know her motives. Uh, okay. It's all it's coming like, together. I'm like, okay. 
Like, she's not going to turn evil one day, and I'm going to regret saying anything nice about her. No, if anything, <laughs> she's trying to turn her younger sister not evil. Yeah, yeah, and, and I like that they, that at least, at least Shelk is not just immediately like, fuck you. I mean, she kind of is, but she's like... Well, because it's important to remember, Shelk doesn't, like, really remember who she was. Like, she doesn't right. really have her mind. Yeah, she doesn't know? really have that. Yeah, as we learn, we get a little bit more explanation as to how all of her stuff works. And, um... Yeah, you we know. get a big we get a big info dump on Shelk, so yeah. get ready. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, I, we we can move on. I mean, the <laughs> but we do. Yeah, we saw that Azul is still alive, and which as soon as I saw him on, I mean, I kind of didn't. I kind of expected him not to be dead at the end of that that last fight with him and Vincent, but I wasn't expecting him to come back right away. <laughs> I thought we were gonna have a nice little like breathe enough breathing room. In between seeing him again, but no, he he uh, he awakens again, and they just kind of kept him in the WRO headquarters, just hanging out, uh, not like locked up or anything, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but then the W, as soon as Azul wakes up, I guess that is the trigger for Deep Ground to launch their counteroffensive on the wro headquarters and i just the whole entire this sequence of cutscenes where the deep ground is invading the headquarters again i'm like guys didn't they just invade like yesterday like isn't (laughs) shouldn't security be a little bit higher you know it's like they're just kind of like as as deep ground is like you know they're picking off all these guards and chris be careful with that man all i mean it sounds to me like you're a president shinra sympathizer I'm just just saying, I'm just saying, it's like, it seems a little crazy that they just invaded the other day and like, they're doing it again and there's no little to no resistance at all. What's, I mean, I don't know how big or substantial the WRO is in terms of manpower, but I just, I thought it was funny that it's like, weren't we just here and wasn't this just happening, you know, but, uh, yeah, we see, uh, we see these guys and I don't think, I don't know if I commented on it before, but I, or maybe cause I didn't really think about it, but I, I thought it was kind of funny to see that the, uh, some of the WRO soldiers have red beanies on and that is like part of the outfit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like part of the, the, the uniform I should say. Cause I thought it was maybe like one or two characters and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, they don't have a lot of, um, you know, they don't have a lot of. Uh, assets or whatever to make all these different models so they just use the same ones but i'm like they use there's i saw at, at some point later we will see a bunch of wro soldiers and like a, a, an alarming amount of them have red beanies on and i just thought that was kind of funny of like who who low, was like if you, if you can't tell chris it's a very low budget was was reeve that makes me think that reeve is like yes we're gonna make the beanie part of the official <laughs> wro you know if you are a corporal you have to wear this red beanie at all times, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I feel you. So I, I want to bring up this next part where we're kind of storming through the battlefield. Mm-hmm. As cool as all of this looked, it's about forty-five minutes straight of gameplay. I'm happy to skip. To yeah, the and yeah, just I mean, to we keep can... everyone in the loop. Like, like you just brought up, they're attacking again, and basically. Most we kind of go back fight. into, yeah, we kind of, yeah. it's basically, we start out, you know, Yuffie and Vincent are on their way back to the headquarters, I guess. And, um, yeah, well, and then, yeah, they get caught in an ambush and Yuffie gets knocked out. And I, like when she, when she hit her head again, I was just like, is this, she, is she just going to do this the entire game? Is there any time that Yuffie's like, yeah, we're, let's fight. And then she's going to fall over and get and 
get another concussion. I think the it's, only way to explain Yuffie's character is that she keeps hitting her head. Yeah, it's like she's too powerful, so she has to keep knocking herself out of the fight before it happens. Uh, but yeah, basically, as far as the, this gameplay section, it's like you start out in the woods, and then you kind of wake, make your way back to the headquarters, and then you re-go back, you know, you re-take over the headquarters, and, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty standard. Pretty it's standard a pretty stuff. standard, just like, combat mission. It's nothing yeah. too crazy, but... As, you know, <laughs> as is this game's most, uh, most of it is just kind of like, yep. Yeah. There you go. There's a turret you can sit on for a minute and shoot down, what was it, 15 helicopters? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just as we were making progress, we just see all these WRO members getting flung like dish rags. Mm-hmm. And we see this big boy, this big blue... Yeah. Oh, wait, maybe blue's not the word, right? What is this big blue thing, you might say? <laughs> this big blue boy. Uh, well, when I first saw it, it reminded me, and I know I feel like I've made a lot of comparisons to FF10 uh, throughout this game, but I feel like in uh, this uh, uh, monster design of Azul, uh, he looks very much like, I, I don't remember the enemy type, I think it was just a behemoth or whatever, yeah, like that, 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 yeah, that something like horn. that. So by the way, everybody, Azul transforms. Yes, he turns into this giant uh, kaiju, as I wrote in my notes, <laughs> uh, Azul is a kaiju now. And uh, we, we were kind of talking about this on the pre, uh, pre-show that uh, we were like, oh man, this is great. Azul's going to be this big monster for the rest of the game. And that makes a lot more sense for his character. And then he just transforms back into his human form. And legit. <laughs> just, like, like, le- just like that. Legit just transforms back. And like, I feel so bad. I, I honestly feel bad for a lot of you listeners because... Half these episodes turn into a spiraling down on Azul, but he does <laughs> he does really take us out of it. He literally transforms back yeah. from then, a behemoth back to Azul just to talk shit to shit like Shelk. To, to Shelk and be like, uh, yeah, you suck. Your ability you're sucks. You're worthless. <laughs> your purpose is done. I've used you for everything you're worth. I can't believe you were on the Sviets at all. And like, he goes, he like, goes really hard. No, he on goes her. really in. He's like, you're. He's. He even says like. You as a Sviet is an embarrassment. Yeah, it's like, you know. It's like, damn, she was just trying to I was help like, damn, someone. I feel like he's, he heard us talking shit about him this whole time. And then he's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> what if I say that about Shelk? And I'll be like, I mean, that makes you look like an asshole. But I'm not an asshole saying that to you, Azul. <laughs> I'm just right. <laughs> exactly. But so yeah, he- no, I think, uh, yeah, that... that it was a little rough to have him just be like, hey, no, fuck you. And then be like, hey, yeah, Weiss told me that uh, your useful- usefulness has come to an end and all this other stuff. And that you must be terminated. <laughs> so he's going for it. Like, he's going for the head. And then Shalua. Oh, yeah, man. and she comes in oh, with man. the best. Like, honestly, like, so far, this is like one of my favorite scenes in the whole game. Absolutely. Uh, or there, I guess there is a this door that is uh, closing. I guess or you know locking down, and well, she traps she traps Azul first, right? Like she throws him in a temporary yeah, barrier. Yeah, that if you remember, I think it was in the beginning of the last chapter yes. or something when when they're going to attack the WRO the first time. Uh, Shalu, um, I'm sorry, Shelk grabs some sort of materia off the table, and then we know we now know what that materia is. It's like a shield materia. That is apparently stronger than Azul's barrier material or whatever. 
because she said something along those lines. So it basically kind of just freezes him in place, essentially for like a few seconds, and then they try to get away. Um, but then I I don't remember exactly how it ends up to where like they can't get through the door both so, at the same time. So like they open the door, it's a, it it oh, opens quick. Yeah. yeah, and then Shelk Shelk starts fighting back and being like, "No, but I'm deep ground though." Even though Azul literally just said. Fuck you! You're not a part of Deep Ground anymore. I'm gonna kill well, cause you. Well, because like, and it's worth saying. I like. I don't think that's crazy, right? I don't think it's crazy because she has no memories of being shell. Yeah, that, I mean, a Deep Ground is her only like. That's, that's all it. she knows. That's so, all she can cling to and for an identity. To be fair, this is like a uh, a trope that I'm I'm very familiar with, and I feel like most people would probably probably be familiar with it as well. Of like, no, I don't want to go with you. I have my other family over here that obviously doesn't give a shit about me, and I'll. Fuck you, my real family. But I'm a victim of emotional abuse. Yeah, and all. And then and Shalou all that is Shalou is literally just trying to be a good big sister just and like, pull her no, through this door please. so she can live. And Get then this is the one of my favorite parts: is this door starts to close and like. Sometimes I get upset when, like, normal people, when these mechanical doors are closing. Yeah, and they have, they're just, holding like, it open. Like They uh, can just hold it open by sheer will. But, like, Shalua, if you guys remember, her left arm is straight up mechanical. Yeah. And she just wedges She just wedges thing. it in there. And it's just like, she's yeah, she's literally holding it. And the way that they are framing this whole thing, like, she's just, like, standing there, just, like, barely keeping this thing open. And as they're having their emotional scene it's like you can see her arm is like progressively getting more and more crushed by the door and honestly it's really well animated and probably the most well animated thing in this game so far <laughs> um aside well i guess with the in-game assets i should say um yeah and we kind of get uh our i'm assuming i mean it's meant to be like this big like she's sacrificing herself thing um but I kind of feel like this is not the last we're going to see of Shalua. Um, cause well, we do find out, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, is, I don't know if, is it cool if I just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of skirt. Uh, we can I mean, skirt. I just want to say the scene ends, the door closes, the arm collapses and you kind of hear Azul beat, like beat her. Yeah. And, and then you see... you see some oil or something seeping from under the door. Cause she's like half mechanical. Well, yeah, which you know? I was like, I don't know if that's meant to be like, cause when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, is this just meant to be a substitute for blood? I saw it as like, if you mixed a pool of blood and oil, you would get that murky money. Yeah, kind of like this, like peach looking liquid. Yeah. It was, um, it was unsettling. And then in my head, I'm just like, you know, as if I didn't fucking hate Azul enough, yeah, now he've literally just stomped on this, the one of the best scenes of this. The only good so scientist we had, man. Like, let's be, yeah, like Reeve is the only other good guy, and he's like urban development, like yeah, and he's also you know he gets points deducted for also being Kate Sith, but you know he tries his best. At he least he tries best. to be a good guy, you know. But you and, can mosey us on into chapter seven now. Yeah, so yeah, we we find out that. She is not dead, but unconscious. And, uh, I mean, it doesn't that's look the that perks. Good. That's the perks of being half mechanical, by the way. Yeah. I guess you could be pieced back together in some regard. So yeah, she's in a coma, it's worth she, Yeah, saying. she's in a coma, and they were saying things like, oh, well, you know, uh, I guess, I didn't realize, I guess it makes sense that Yuffie would be, like, friends with her, or, like, at least know who she is. Because Yuffie is also kind of, like, torn up by this and then was saying a, a lot of stuff like well there was know. there's a scene you skipped over if you don't mind me 
Duh. Oh yeah, really with, uh, with Vincent Reeve. and Reeve, and uh, which Vincent. was basically we we could sum it up quick. Reeve wants to give up. The, actually, the fight's not going too yeah, well. I like the scene a lot. Actually. Yeah, he wants to give up, and then Vincent gives us the moment where it's like I love that he says this right before everyone's about to show up, mm. but he says something along the lines of, "Hey, like Reeve, I used to be a stone in stone the river, in the of, river time. of time, which I." I wrote that line down. It's a good one, man. Because it's really good. That's like, that's something that, that's like tattoo worthy. Well, maybe not tattoo worthy, but you know, you know what I mean? It's like one of those yeah. things where like, ah, yes, this is a good quote. Yeah. I used to be, but a stone in the river of time, but three years ago, it was you and the others who taught me I had to move ahead. Yeah. And it's like Reeve is, uh, Reeve is having that moment of like, ah, this deep ground sucks. I can't do anything. It just won't stop. It's day after day, and he can't get ahead. <laughs> yeah, he 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 ate a rocket, and he's just like, oh, this shit sucks. Uh, but yeah, I think that is great, especially yeah, considering what uh, what happens here in a little bit when we we get reunited with uh, some more people, let's say of the of the old cast, and uh, but yeah, that but just to go don't back. Don't you skip over this Yuffie and Shelk scene though. No, yeah, I think this I, was something. This makes me so happy, and I'll explain why. But mm-hmm. um, for the, basically, Yuffie's sort of watching over Shalua, kind of lets Vincent know she's not going to wake up. Shelk decides to just like walk in and just says she was a fool. And Yuffie, mm-hmm. and this is why I love her, straight just slaps. gets up and like, what a slap. Straight like, just is like, ooh, how could like, you possibly do? Like, shut your mouth. And I, I love this because, again, this is what I was talking about earlier, where I really feel like throughout the whole compilation, they've been so consistent with her. She is like just emotional and acts on impulse. I mean, like, and, and just to, not to cut you off, but right before that happens... She says, hey, Vincent, you were there. Why couldn't you save her? Exactly. And then Vincent goes, I'm sorry. And then she's like, ah, you know what? Uh, I didn't mean to say I that. I should know better. Yeah. You and know, then, she's and trying. Then, and then Shelt comes into the room and then she straight up slaps her. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's just because obviously she is, she's got an attachment to Vincent and has history with him. And then and, Shelk, but then there's Shelk who like Shalua sacrificed herself for. Yeah. And, and then I, this ungrateful little AI is going to walk in and say she was a fool. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I don't know. I don't I'm know not sure. Any- does, does Yuffie know that they're sisters? Like, do you think she would have been told that at this point? I mean, I'm assuming assu- she's caught. I think she's caught up. I'm assuming she would be. Cause like when I first had, when she first had that reaction to her saying that stuff, I'm like, doesn't you understand that? Like, they're sisters and whatever, but I'm like, yeah, but she... Also, Yuffie is... You know, we often forget that she was the youngest of the party, right? Exactly. And we and don't... I don't know how old she is in this... She would be... If game. I'm not mistaken, she's either 19 or 20 in this game. So, yeah. So, she's like a kid still, basically. She's still, she's still a kid. And, like, if any of you remember the OG FF7, if you had Yuffie in your party when Aerith died, like... They can't do much with those polygons, but they make it pretty clear that she loses it and can't really control herself. Like she runs away crying. Yeah. Like it's like I for just... better or worse, like Yuffie is like you said, very emotion driven. Um, and I think she uses both that in, as both her when strength. She's upbeat, you know? Like, and it's, it's it's not discriminatory to whatever emotion she's feeling. When she's happy, the happy is a ten. It exudes. When she's, uh, yeah, pissed, she's always exuding. Like, no matter what it is, she's always at a ten. Right. right, and that's at least with me. That's what I love about the character, and she me too. steals me too. so many of the scenes that she's in. 
And it's, you know, it's something that you could easily be like, oh, well, that's a really huge character flaw. And they're like, yeah, it is. But it's also one of her greatest strengths as well. It's what makes you love her. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, for all the, the praise that we're giving this game for giving more depth to Vincent, I feel like we should also be like, yeah, they're giving a lot of depth to Yuffie as well. Absolutely. And let's be real. Somebody needed to smack Shelk. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody especially smack especially considering that Shelk goes on to literally be like vincent what is love what is emotion and it was like literally i mean yeah her voice way, actor is also very robotic and you know like the delivery is very kind of robotic as well which kind of makes it a little bit more like ugh, because you know well, we, we've we seen ta- we've seen this we, a dozen times before we were talking in the pre-roll man and it's like i am all for the AI that learns what love is. I love that trope because let's be real. We we might need that trope to happen if this if we're gonna survive. But anyway, it's a yeah. whole other bag of worms. Yeah, but anyway. it's one of those things where like is literally as she was saying that, and then Vincent's like, ah, oh, yes, she's for her reason to live. Like you were her reason to live, and she's like, oh, what is the? Why do humans do what they do? And I'm like, well, uh, oh, it's like. But that the problem is, is like, where did this come from? Yeah. Okay, we're more than halfway through the game, and this we was not part of Shelk's character. This we, was not part of Shelk's character. The first half of this no, game, we, we and literally now just we're found out. Get, yeah, we yeah. literally just found out who this character is, and then we're immediately jumping into. Can you explain the complexities of the human heart to me? <laughs> and it's, it's like, like Shell, uh, we got like three chapters left. Like we gotta, we, we ain't got time for this. It's like we kind of have like this whole other thing going on, Shelk. Like, you know, but I, but to be fair, I do like Vincent's response. Me too. Uh, to this, and he's like, when you know, when a person has someone that they care about that much, giving their life is sometimes the least that they can do, and maybe that's what makes us human, or what's he? Well, he says that's what makes maybe that's what makes them human. Um. Or no, he does say it makes us yeah, human. Us I human, thought, yeah, yeah I thought for some reason I thought he said makes them because I feel like he, I think uh, prior to the scene I could imagine Vincent saying them instead of us, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like he was still being like, I'm not human, I'm not, you know, I'm not part of this <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but as we are starting to see, Vincent is starting to come around uh, and is starting to lighten up a little bit, and it's all. And for something like, you know, kind of saying before, we've kind of seen this sort of trope happen before. But I, the way that they're handling it so far is actually pretty good. You know, and well, it feels I love more it because natural. I think you know, it feels very forced. natural because I feel like a lot of it is circled around Shalua. I feel like Shalua showed, Vin, showed Vincent a lot, right? And that yeah. seeing her legacy survive through Shelk, it explains Vincent's like quasi-attachment to Shelk here. You know? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, we then we also we get another little flashback between him and Lucrezia having a picnic or something. Which let me talk about this. This is even though again this game is sometimes a victim of bad voice acting or localization. This at least symbolically is my favorite scene because dude, it all it all clicked to me when I saw this and I went, mm. oh my god, Vincent and Lucrezia are the first incarnation of Cloud and Aerith. Not literally, symbolically. Vincent is Lucrezia's bodyguard. He's the bodyguard. And, like, you know, they got the same hairline. You know, Sephiroth and Aerith always have the same hairline. So does Lucrezia. It's like, this is the first incarnation of it. 
Like it all just clicked. I'm like, oh my god, mm. this is it's the like tr- a poem. It rhymes. It, it's like a poem. It <laughs> rhymes, right? And now, dude, doesn't that make perfect sense about why how Vincent is Cloud's guiding light in Advent Children? Because mm. the only one who could understand Cloud's grief for Aerith, <laughs> the only one edgier than Cloud is Vince. Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I I'm laughing and that's hilarious, but it's actually so true. Like now that like you said that, I'm like, of course, like that all makes sense. It all like it all clicked. I'm like, oh my god, okay. It's like, and I'm going, yes, we can do this dirge thing. We can do it. Just trim the fat. Yeah, it's like yeah. I feel like now, yeah, and I feel like obviously with the other stuff that happens in this chapter, um. It definitely, I was already starting to feel that, but like, I feel like every time we record a, uh, an episode and like, we actually are able to discuss things about this, it always makes me more excited <laughs> because like, I feel like you always bring something up that I didn't consider. And I'm like, wait a minute, holy shit. <laughs> and like, that's another thing. And I'm like, I can't, now I want to see how that's incorporated. Well, if it's incorporated. You know what I think it is, dude? I think we do a very good job of, of raging about the things we didn't like so that they no longer bother us anymore. Yeah. And just like plucking out the things we love. So we come away like, huh, hey, you know, so there, there are things some. to look forward to, yeah. you know, cause like this, like to be fair, like going in and I'm pretty sure I've said this before on, on the podcast, but I feel like when we started doing this, my expectations were like through the floor, right? Like I'd have, <laughs> I was expecting to just watch this game and like shit on it the whole time. Uh, but I'm genuinely surprised how every, literally every episode that we do, I get more and more invested and more and more excited to see how things are going to be reincorporated back into the, the new narrative of remake, you know? Me and I too. feel like this, this is like one of those things where I'm just like, yep. And like, you know, we said earlier, even in this episode about the, the bond between him and Lucrezia. And I'm like, well, yeah, like as much as we want to see more about the bonds between the, the party members, I want to see those party members have their own, you know, interpersonal stuff. Like, I'm I'm so excited to see the stuff for Yuffie and like how they handle that stuff with her because she was another one that got left by the wayside, you know? Yeah. She, she didn't have the 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 <laughs> the uh, exclusive pleasure of having her own video game, but she has her own DLC and that's literally the next best thing, I guess, <laughs> that you could have. Probably so, the next best thing. I'm hoping. Um, I'm hoping that yeah, we see this stuff get reincorporated. But before we get too carried away, uh, I guess we should kind of talk about the. We get this sort of info dump from Shulk about like what, uh, what she what I guess what her purpose was, uh, with the Sviets and that. Um, well, after we had that scene between her and Vincent, uh, Reeve comes in and he's talking about uh, the reports that Vincent had got from Nibelheim. Like, uh, and I think I think he's referring to that little sphere that had uh, Lucrezia's little hologram in it. Yes. And uh, he's like, man, I really wish that we had more information on this stuff before we started our attack on Deep Ground. And Shulk's like, well... <laughs> just so happens that Funny you should say that most of my ability is actually tied into like lucrezia's memories and like her data and stuff like i i don't i didn't really exactly know how to parse it necessarily but th- when she describes it it makes sense i feel like i can't like mimic it and make it, s- it make sense but basically it's like she can 
Shelt can basically do the plot of the movie Tron and put herself digitally into the database. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're network. going Tron, baby. Yeah, and I like that it was literally like she she said I make a digital avatar of myself that can go through the computer. And I'm like, wow, they're just going, that's 100% Tron right there. But what I will say, I like their little added detail of it puts her in excruciating pain. Yeah. yeah I think that like adds it, an element to it where it's like, oh, okay, we're not doing this for fun. Yeah, <laughs> and we also we also learn that as she's accessing, because the, the whole reason that she's able to do this or why the Sviets had her was so that they could find the proto-materia, I guess, you know, find Vincent. And that's mm-hmm. when I guess they found Vincent, and they're like, "Hey, you can fuck off now, lady." Um, yeah, we don't need you no more. But we also learn that the when she does this, like her memories and Lucrezia's memories get mixed up, and like Lucrezia's essence or like her being or whatever sorts like messing with her self and her thoughts, and you know, it's like it's I feel like it's this weird like psychological thing, but basically it's like. There are parts of Lucrezia inside of Shelk that whenever she does this, you know, Tron stuff, she it kind of fucks with her head, basically. And she kind of says, like, it's literally, I do this stuff at the cost of my sanity. Yeah. Which I thought was, like, a great way to, like, sort of ratchet up the stakes a little bit without being too dramatic about it, you know? And I thought right. it was, like, it made me respect Shelk a little bit more to be like, oh, you're not just, like, oh, I'm not just, you know plugging my finger into a USB port and, you know, doing some Well, it makes her feel like shit, less you know? of a plot device, right? Right, yeah. It's definitely like... Like, it's, hey, I'm going to solve all your problems. It's more yeah, like, it's a way hey, to, I can solve your problem, but it's going to be... It's going to yeah, really but like, suck. I could, like, you know, become a vegetable doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, which, I mean, hey, I mean, Shelk already kind of lives a pretty sad existence, but that, I feel I like kind of made it a little bit more like, oh, man, really? Like, it's yeah, bad right. enough that you have to literally, you're surviving on Mako, and if you don't have a, a daily dose of Mako, you die. <laughs> but you also risk the chance of dying or becoming brain dead every time you use your ability. Which, uh, you Facts. know, is always kind of a rough proposition. But uh, I, I'm glad that she's like, now, like, hey, yeah, I can help you guys out. And I feel like there wasn't, like, I mean, there was that little bit of, like we said before, their last scene with Shalua, where she's like, no, I'm still part of Deep Ground, blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, there will there is some other stuff that happens that make me question whether or not she's actually helping out uh, the WRO and Vincent and stuff. Or, like, because I, I, I do get the feeling that she cares more about Shalua in the gr- overall grand scheme of things now. And I feel like she's gonna, she'll reach a point where it's like, I don't care who I have to fight, like, I'm taking care of Shalua. Like, even if that means fighting Vincent or whatever, right? Or it's like, right. she has she has no stake in this deep ground and uh, WRO fight, you know? That she just exactly. only cares about Shalua now. Which is fine, you know? But as, mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't get annoying <laughs> later, because I feel like that dynamic can easily get annoying in certain, if it's told in a, in a sort of a wacky way. But... I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting time here when I could be talking about the next greatest thing to happen to this game, <laughs> uh, Sid motherfucking Highwind. Yeah, baby. Coming in with a whole fleet and, uh. And this is what we came for. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I, when I saw this happening, I'm like, oh shit, it's, it, oh, it's happening. 
like as I know I said I think a few episodes ago I was like man I, I really hope we get to see the rest of the the OG cast and oh boy oh boy do we oh yeah but uh, we get Here they come. Uh, <laughs> we get uh, Sid motherfucking Highwind coming in which that that's just his full proper yeah motherfucking God given name um and he he's not he's not flying the Highwind. Which I was a little, I was like, ah, I wish they kind of had. Times have changed. Chris. Times have changed, you know. I know, but uh, he, but you know, it makes it okay because he's piloting the Shira. Which, when I found out that that was the name of the ship, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I like that because you know, kind of implies that Sid might be cleaning up. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, you know. This that was a moment for me where I'm like, okay, with this, maybe this I <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, yeah, maybe I was not giving this game enough credit <laughs> before, because <laughs> I'm like, no, we're it actually really seeing does have its moments. We're actually seeing like div- like future like time passing on these characters, and nothing pleases me more than seeing characters plus time, which is always like my favorite thing. Because there's so many games and, like, long-running franchises where the characters are kind of locked in stasis, right? And they don't really progress all that much. Correct. But when you do see it, I'm like, that's that's what I want to see. Especially with these, like, these classic characters coming back. And it's like this, at this, you know, at, at a certain point in time, this was, you know, this, as far as we know, could have been the last Final Fantasy VII thing ever to come out. So... When I see stuff like this, I'm like, man, I actually, if I had played this back when it came out, I probably would have been super hype about this. Oh, yeah. Because I'm super hype about it now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think there's no better way to, like, because I I wasn't even sure it was going to be Sid. Um, But literally, it's like, Yuffie's like, hey, you guys should come out here and see this. And then he's like, hey, Sid, over here. You notice then, we're sort of like reversing that, like it's like a reverse reveal, like <laughs> right? Get, yeah, it it's is. Like it B is. team first, and you work your way into the A team. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I love that the A team gets as far as as now at least they they get like no screen time at oh, all. This ain't their show. They got their show. Yeah, I love that though. I love Me that too. they they could have been like you know, and I'm sure they will milk their certain time with certain characters, but like. I love that, like, Sid's getting all this time. Before we even see Cloud, Tifa, or Barrett, we're just getting all these, you know, we're getting Vincent and Yuffie and Sid, yeah. And I was kind of hoping Red was going to be there, too, but we haven't seen him yet. I hope he's there at some point, but we we have not seen him as of yet. Um, But, yeah, I really like this this whole section of uh, you being on uh, the Shira is... Awesome. Probably one of the, it's one of the best parts of the game, and it really is literally just you walking around and talking to people. Um, but you learn a lot of stuff during yes. this section, actually, yeah, just from talking on the people, the WRO members on the ship. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they talk about. It's <laughs> a, kind yeah. of like, oh, you know, the you know people they're talking about like, oh man, you know, all this shit with Omega going on, and uh, you know, like, yeah, hey, you know. Shit's crazy, but, uh, you know, we got to fight for our planet. And it's like, honestly, because there's also, I've, I've played a, a dozen games that have like this sort of same similar sort of section in it where it's like you're talking to like, you know, the, the troops and, you know, see what they got to say and stuff. And I feel like this actually, like these characters who, you know, these nameless WRO members have more like, I don't know, like I, I get more of a feeling out of them than I would any other NPC. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, a little bit. There's have, a little bit more to them. Yeah, and they have a little bit. Like, there's one that just talks about, yeah, man. I, you know, you ever, ever heard of the Chocobo Farm in the Grasslands? Like, I just, you know, I have my my Chocobo uh, Boko, <laughs> who's born just a few weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, I want to know, but I want to see Boko. Tell me more about Boko. <laughs> Tell me more about Boko. But then you also have ones like the, uh, you know, one of them's talking about, you know, oh man, you know, I've, you know, I've gone on a hundred missions and i've you know seen this view of like you know i guess the sky and you know above the clouds so many times and all these other things and oh i just want to see like all these little things where i'm like i've never seen this character i've never heard this character you don't even have a name and yet i feel some sort of connection to you <laughs> but we also on the other hand i i believe one of them was talking about like how Omega came to be or something or how deep ground came to be and how it was originally a, a medical center set for soldiers. And then eventually at some point it became a, a, a lab and they said, uh, it to everything took place because of the existence of one rogue soldier, a man known only as G, uh, which I was like, huh? Uh, uh. Hmm. Uh, you don't say, huh? Interesting. And I was like, hmm. And then you know we talk. We talked to Sid a little bit, and you know he's like, oh man, this. Is, I, oh, actually, I don't know if this happened. This conversation happens later, but I remember them talking, and being like, man, yeah, all this crazy, uh, all this this crazy ship and all this fleet that we have, and the WRO. It's like, man, Reeve is put. You know, he's been buying all of it you know he like he's been funding all this and he's stuff. like where's he get all that cash yeah and i like <laughs> which we'll get to that later yeah but... which we, we will get to that and uh yeah and uh aside from that we do we get like little moments with uh with uh <laughs> yuffie as well but she obviously does not like airships and is very like and if i'm not mistaken airsick. she's nauseous in the original too Yes, yes. I think I think that was a thing that because I had to remember whether or not she was a, a previously uh, prom, I, uh, prone to air sickness. And I will say one line I do love from Sid is there's a point where he's like, "Man, we gotta roll. Well, this is over. We gotta grab some beers like the old yeah, days. Grab some and, cold ones like the old days." Yeah, huh? and I just love that because I don't know if you remember when you're in the Golden Saucer in the original, mm. and like shit kind of gets real in the lobby. Yeah, um, yeah. Sid and Vincent. I think Sid says to Vincent, like, "Hey, man, you wanna you wanna just like get out of here right now and like grab a drink? <laughs> like, I can't keep up with any of this." And the two of them kind of leave together. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I like that little callback that those two seem to be implied as like they got along the best. I guess because they're the oldest. Yeah, the they were the oldest ones. You know, all these kids running around. Yeah, I could totally see them being like the you know the old curmudgeons of the group. Even though I think. Sid is meant to be, like, in his 30s. Yeah, no, Sid's, like, 35. <laughs> Which I guess, you know, in terms of, like, you know, um, anime logic is, like, fucking ancient. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, that was a, I, I, that was kind of a... Especially recently when I was doing some research on these characters. And I'm like, man, Sid was, like, 30 back in OG? I'm like, I'm 30 now, and they were treating him like an old man back then. <laughs> And I treated him like an old man. And I'm like, oh, I'm an, I'm an old man now. Um, but there's another fun thing about this <laughs> this whole um, uh, section uh, when you're going through the ship and, you know, you're talking with the members. And, you know, they're like, oh, man, you know, we don't understand the technology behind this ship, but, it, you know, it's crazy. And then you go to this one room and it's got like a screensaver on the, <laughs> on the ceiling. <laughs> and this guy's like, man 
this crazy technology. Who, what can we possibly do? You know, like he's like, you're so excited. And then you like look up and it's just like literally just a bunch of like grainy JPEGs of like, Oh, here's space. Here's the forest. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, at some point someone would probably think that that's crazy technology, but you know, you know, I guess that, you know, seeing this from a future perspective, I guess kind of makes it a little funnier. Because that's like, yeah, you know, it's just like an LED screen, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, I think I thought that was uh, hilarious. But, uh, yeah, we we do get uh, another scene that happens uh, when we get uh, everybody together. And we're talking about. Oh, wait, no, hold on. That that scene has not happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we do see Shelk, though, first. Uh, and she's with Shalua in the med bay. And then this is, I think this is the point where she starts explaining a little bit more about, uh, what her actual ability is and, uh, synaptic net dive. And then, uh, which is the Tron power, by the way. Yeah. So it's a really interesting power that I feel like is not, you know, like we were kind of saying before, it's not, it's like there are, you know, obviously there's been like the tech characters before, but like, I feel like this kind of, brings it on a whole other level and we you know obviously she has all these you know negative side effects uh to it but uh i i do like that vincent's like oh you remind me a lot of your sister (laughs) and i was like that was like a nice sweet thing that i feel like you know she would have liked to hear you know what i mean then like she needs to hear that if she's gonna end up cooperating yeah (laughs) and then uh after that we get uh the beginning, like, they're, as you're talking through everyone on the ship, they're like, oh, we're going to have a briefing and blah, 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 all this stuff. And literally this briefing starts with Sid being like, all right, well, us, are uh, our old buddies and the rest of the WRO ground forces are going to start the ground attack on Midgar. And as he said that, I'm like, wait, old buddies? <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. Are, is he referring to, like, Yuffie and Vincent? Or... And literally, as that's happening, we cut to a cutscene of Tifa and Barrett driving one of those tractor uh, things, and uh, our boy Cloud <laughs> in the uh, in the trailer in the back the on Fenrir, Fenrir. baby. And uh, yeah, gotta everyone... say, Cloud really does pull off the motorcycle so well. He really does, and it's not on- forced. At honestly, all. it's really nice to see that they all still have their Advent Children gear on, except for Barrett, because. <laughs> Uh, oh, what, you're I, missing the fishnets? Yeah, uh, well, no, I wasn't. <laughs> and that's why I was kind of hoping that maybe they would have taken this opportunity to maybe change his design or a little bit or something, but no. As as far as I could tell, he still has the same, he's got the dreads and the, the puffy vest and everything. But, uh, I, I also like during all this, Yuffie's got a, I guess, is that supposed to be a bag of ice on her head? Yeah, to keep but her from getting like, nauseous. She's like holding it like a tea bag on her forehead, and I just thought that was kind of funny. So Wu Tai, as we're as we're having like this serious like military strategy meeting, she's like has this again. You know, Yuffie this is always she's always at a ten yeah, when she's, she's nauseous. It's not enough to just need to sit down. It's like no, I'm gonna put a giant ice bag on my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then after that we get to have a basically and i was genuinely surprised by this but we that remember that scene from remake where we have the we we do like that uh digital tour or that digital thing yeah, in the Shinra I HQ of that too right away of going through the oh this is the history of the 
why, why am I forgetting the name of Aerith's people? The, the Cetra. Cetra, yes. Um, so yeah, we basically have another one of those sequences, which I immediately, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I guess they were inspired by this a little bit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We kind of start to see like, oh my God, not only can I see how this can work its way into Integrate, I see how this has already worked its way into Remake. Yeah, and I, I feel like it was just like immediately as soon as I'm like, oh, they're all standing in this 3D world and they're floating through space. And, you know, they're flying at incredible speeds through the galaxy and all this stuff. And I'm like, this and is... And we get the lowdown on Omega. Yes, and that basically Omega is a, a, a weapon that uh, made by the planet. You know, as like... As, and when I say a weapon, I'm... Safe. I'm I'm referring to the weapons that we fight in OGFF7 um that are you know trying to kill the planet I guess or well, no no they're trying to save the planet right that's their initial goal right. at least mm-hmm. um but as we learn uh and Omega as uh, as we learn with Omega that uh he or it I always I always just go to he for some reason um but it basically is like when basically the planet's about to die, right? It gathers all life, sentient and non, and shoots it across the galaxy to somewhere else to find, uh, I guess, a new planet to exist on. I have, uh, two, I have two things to say about that. Sure. Okay. okay. One, really like how this VR 3D immersive world contextualized the bigger picture because... In, in Gaia, all we're talking about is the planet. When you die, you return to the planet. And I really like they said the way you die, you return to the planet. When the planet dies, it will return to the cosmos. So it kind of mm-hmm. contextualized the bigger picture that, you know, what the Cetra believed in didn't just stop at the planet, that the life stream is celestial. It's, yeah, it's like an ever, it's an ever existent thing, right? It just will always, exactly. it will always exist in some form somewhere, right? And I like this because it was basically kind of showing to us like oh like omega isn't actually like a n- bad force necessarily it's yeah no it's it, omega's not a villain in the yeah. in the in it's the not yeah it's not like this sense. yeah it's not like a you know a sentient being that is like i want to end humanity it's like no it's it's a fail safe as we find out is literally being fooled it's being fed people to believe to like basically trick it into thinking that the world is ending yeah so if which, you guys remember the last chapter where they took like the cargo bin full yeah, of all people the kidnappings and stuff that and they've dropped been doing. it into like the pool of fire it's again this is their plan to trick omega into thinking the planet is dying and to begin yeah, this and sort it's of like apocalypse. as far as we know with deep ground and stuff is like they they just are they just want that shit to happen they just want to see the world end exactly which, you I, know makes I, things nice and easy for us I have one more thing to say about this Omega thing. Mm-hmm. So Omega gathers the essence of the planet and the life stream and shoots off into the cosmos to begin a new one day. Isn't Genova kind of the same thing? Yeah, I was just thinking that because it, like, it kind of recontextualizes a lot of things. It's like where Genova like... could have just been the Omega from another planet. Now, don't right. don't take that to the bank. Yeah, just, no, just that's I think exercise. I think that's more of like a. Uh, uh, it's like a convenient sort of thing or like not, not convenient, but like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a coincidence, coincidence. you know, it's coincidental that that ends up being, I mean, who knows? It could be like, you could be right on the money and we don't, we just don't know yet. We'll but see. It kind of, uh, 
it does kind of put things in a different perspective when it's just like, oh, it's like, really, the planet was just trying to protect itself this whole time. And it was just trying to protect, it was like, it was other outside forces antagonizing the planet, basically. And like poking yes. it with a stick and be like, oh, you want to exterminate the human race now or later <laughs> or who or, you know. It's like, yeah, I kind of want to get this, you know, as Sephiroth kind of wanted that. He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit if everyone dies. I want to ride this planet across the cosmos like a, like a little horsey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and seemingly Deep Ground is kind of just the same of like, yeah, we just want to see the world burn. We don't really care. The world sucks. <laughs> as, as Edge, you know, continuing the, the mission statement of being Edgelords. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like it just kind of was like, oh, all right. So like, I mean, I never really held any grudges against the planet during any of this stuff because it always felt like the planet was its own, it was its own being, but it was just always trying to act in defense of itself. And Self-preservation. It like, you know, it's just not like, it doesn't matter if it's like, if it's humans or, you know, whatever, or like this current time or this, you know, all the beings that are on it right now. It's all about just life in general, right? Like, and when you're, t when you're thinking about life on that grand of a scale or that small of a scale, I guess, if you're, if, depending on how you look at it, it kind of, it puts a lot of things into perspective of like, oh yeah, the planet doesn't care about, um, as well as we learned about the, the, the conflict of FF7, which I don't think it was given a name prior to this, but we learned that it was called the Genova War, which I think was kind of cool. Um... Because I don't think it was ever referred to as that before. I don't think so either. But uh, I, I like I like that. I think Reeve mentions that at some point. He's like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't survive the Genova War, or, or like, uh, you know, I didn't fight this hard in the Genova War to, you know, lose to these deep ground assholes or what, whatever he says." But uh, <laughs> I like as, as we were getting that uh, presentation, and as it as it was uh, finishing. And uh, Reeve is kind of, you know, saying all these things about, uh, you know, by slaughtering thousands of innocent souls and they're creating this, uh, they're creating a pure life stream in order to trick the planet into thinking the end is near, which is weird to me that they, they f somehow figured out to, I, I, the idea of a pure life stream, which I'm not quite sure what that means necessarily, <laughs> but I guess it's like, oh, hey, if a bunch of people die at one time, does it create? a separate live stream that like they're basically feeding directly into Omega, I guess to make it be like, don't think about all these other live streams, but this pure live stream of all these people dying at once must mean that the planet's dying. So that's what's, you know, Omega is just like, Oh shit, fuck all this other stuff. All these I thousands guess, of I people. Guess what, I guess what once. it might mean is that like, as you kill people, right? Their souls flood the live stream. So I guess maybe when the balance of death, outweighs the birth of new life that mm. that flips the life stream into like the red zone yeah and they're just like oh shit <laughs> the ratio your kd ratio is way off my You've man been we gotta do something about that the planet's been ratioed <laughs> but uh, i i what i was gonna say is i like uh sid being like oh those motherfuckers <laughs> yeah i'm so angry <laughs> uh and it's just man i'm so like I'm just so happy that this game, like, this is exactly what this game was missing. Yep. And it kind of makes me look back at the, the previous sections of the game and be like, man, I feel like the rest of this game is going to be way better <laughs> just by the fact that the, all the old crew is here. 
and just just being able to see them interact with each other and in, just seeing in any the way. stakes amplified yeah, yeah. too and that it's way yeah, everything's kind of cranked up to 11 because honestly at this point i didn't think we were going to start uh, directly attacking deep ground right away i thought that was uh, something that we were eventually going to build up to but now nah, we're going for we're it we're starting we're already doing our multi-pronged as reef says invasion. we're taking out one through eight baby <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I, I like they're basically like, yeah, well, you know, everyone's going to be doing their own thing, but uh, Vincent, you're going to be taking care of all the Sviets on your own, <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of funny of them being like, ah, oh, well, we're not just going to, you're going to have some boss fights, Vincent, don't worry, we haven't forgotten about you, <laughs> even though he was trying very hard to uh, avoid that, not be, not be part of the conversation, um, but yeah, I, I think... Uh, yeah, everything after that, even that conversation in which Sid is like, oh, you know, you're going to have to handle all the Sviets. Not that I like, you know, letting you hog all the fun, but, you know, everyone else has got uh, something else to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, we're counting on you. And he, like, puts his hand on his shoulder. And I'm like, man, it just makes me feel so good right. to see these characters again, you know? And uh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, we get we get some more stuff. Um, I think after yeah after this we get like more. It's more just like kind of character moments, uh, we, you know, like or just kind of them talking really. And uh, Yuffie's talking about how you know she's worried about her dad. Uh, in Wu Tai, because uh, apparently Deep Ground attacked Wu Tai as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know she's like, oh man, if I was there, he wouldn't even have to, he wouldn't even have to put down his Mai Tai. And just as she says that, she starts, like, like dry heaving. <laughs> yeah. So I could defeat all of Deep Ground with one hand tied behind my back. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, man, just more, like, the all this stuff that I see, I'm just like, yes, just please. Um, But, yeah, and then we, yeah, we get a little bit about, uh, you know, you know, the, why the ship's called the She-Ra and all this other stuff, which I think is great. And then we, uh, we get, uh, some information. Well, not really information, but, uh, Vincent asks Reeve like, Hey, so who's paying for all this stuff? <laughs> a, we, a very valid question, mind you. Yeah. Which is something that like, even I wasn't considering necessarily until they brought it up. <laughs> Um, Which props to FF7 for treating money like a real thing. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, like all this crazy stuff, like who's who's behind all of it? And Reeve's like, I don't know. Which well, I'm not entirely I know, sure. No, I think Reeve knows. I think Reeve knows, but because if you know, notice his dialogue at the end, he's like, well, whoever it is, they've got I, a lot of money and they feel like they, they owe feel a debt they're to the planet. Debt to the planet, right? So I'm like, hmm, who, is, who could that possibly be? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, uh, that like the only person that I can think of, like who isn't a, who is an existing character who would have access to all this sort of uh, funds and assets, who is still alive, uh, Rufus. It's the only one. <laughs> and uh, as we know from Advent Children, it's like he he's not, and, and you know, and from I guess from you know OG and Advent Children, that we you know he's not he's not his dad, you know, and he no. kind of he. Especially after how much Shinra fucked up <laughs> trying to defeat the weapons mm-hmm. in OG, and him being like, "Man, I guess we're not the the you know we're not the biggest badasses on the planet." 
uh, and they got they got humbled real good. And the little bit of him that we saw in Advent Children, I got the feeling like he was like truly like a a better changed person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, like I I understand what actually is important. So, I mean, I think you know you, you don't you don't have to say one way or another. I mean, you kind of already kind of already said, but it has to be Rufus. I mean, right? if you've seen Advent Children, I feel like you could put it together. Yeah, it's like yeah, it has. To, I feel like, and then also when I thought about that, I'm like, man, those are the only people that we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen Reno and Rude and uh, what's her face, Elena. <laughs> Elena and, and Rufus. Oh, and Cisne. Hashtag I, I, bring back, make Cisne great again. She better, yeah, she, you know, I'd be very upset if she doesn't come back. At least, I would, I was going to say I'd be happy enough with a name drop, but I feel like that is not enough. <laughs> like, no, not a Kunsel name drop, that's fine. We don't have to see Kunsel. It'd be cool to see him, but we don't have to see him. We do have to see Cisne, though. <laughs> Especially we, if Zach is back, you know. Yeah, and if like, we haven't literally have not seen that character since Advent Children, or not uh, since Crisis Core, sorry. Um, and we and still don't know her time. name. We still don't. Yeah, we still don't know her real name. So I think I think if there was a time for her to come back, but uh, it would be this time for sure. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I think. I mean, at this point, I feel like it's just a lot of. Oh well, no, we. Oh, how could I forget about this weird scene of uh, Vincent struggling uh, with his beast form, or his chaos form, I should say. Uh, Which, uh, to me, did it seem like he was getting shot with something? Like at first, I thought he got shot with like a dart or something. Uh, Oh, I think I. I think what they were trying to imply is it was just like. Something snapped in him, like or in something? a regular heartbeat or something. Yeah, because he doesn't don't... have that proto materia anymore. Yeah, because it, it, I guess it, it, it almost seemed like because the way that they the the scene is sort of framed, it kind of feels like someone like shot him with a dart or something. something I thought like, like someone was trying to like put him unconscious or something. But yeah, he has like this little freak out where you think he's gonna you know turn into his chaos form and start ripping people apart, but then he sees a. Uh, vision of Lucrezia and then he goes back to normal but then it happens again and then he goes he's like kind of writhing on the floor and then it, behind him we can see Shelk seeing this happen and then she kind of walks away which was why I thought maybe that uh, maybe she doesn't actually care about fighting with the or you know she doesn't actually really care about what's going on or like maybe that she might still be like a double agent for deep ground you know yeah Instead of like going over to him and be like, "Oh, what's wrong, Vincent?" She just kind of walks away. Like, mm, it's a little, little sus. Well, I mean, they clue they clue us into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. But it, it definitely, when I first saw it, was like, "Oh shit!" Is like I thought she was doing something to him, to like, you know, or she was like testing something out to see if like, oh, I can flip the switch in him whenever I want, you know? Yeah, no, it, it is a, again probably a localization issue. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it could just be yeah. But, but then uh, we uh we yeah, kind of climax s- this chapter pretty well, if I yeah, do say so. Yeah, we myself. get we get our big uh, our big like which to me feels like this like final battle sort of thing that we're building up towards, where you know we see the you know everyone's encroaching upon the the ruins of Midgar, and we see the deep ground army there with Nero and Rosso and Azul. 
and they're having their whole thing, and then Sid gets his, like, Starship Troopers moment of, like, if you motherfuckers die, I'm gonna bring you back, and then I'll kill you again. <laughs> it's like, if you want, if you if you really want to piss off Deep Ground, try not dying, I think is literally what he says. No, it literally was his rationale, and his He's pump-up He's like, hey, speech. if you really want to piss them off, just don't die. I'm like, man! Like, and, and you know, to be fair, like, I, when he was saying that whole speech as, like, hokey as it was it reminded me a lot of uh starship troopers and i was like man i would be hype if i was there right and yeah this was the moment when i realized that the red beanie was part of the wro attire because i'm like wait there's like several people here that have red beanies on (laughs) just all the same guy but uh yeah then we get uh, well, we get, <laughs> I love how, yeah, there's this, this scene when, uh, Shelk gives Vincent back his phone, uh, I guess cause he had lost it in calm and she's like, I, I, uh, you know, upgraded it and did all these special things. And if you dial, um, you know, uh, pound, uh, was it pound V-I-N, V-I-N. it'll call me directly. I'm like, so you basically just gave him a shortcut. Like, how is that? And I'm like, that's another thing of like, I think that's just a, you know, of the time sort of thing, maybe where they're like, Oh yes, the special modification of you can call me directly. <laughs> you know, it's like this weird, it's like, yeah, I mean, speed dial was a thing, but you know, Hey, I guess that's a modification if you think about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, we, we do see that, uh, Shulk seems to be on uh, team good guy for now. And I still, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I still, I'm still kind of on the fence of whether or not she's good or bad. Or I think, like I said earlier, that I feel like her ultimate, uh, she's really just going to side with Shalua and just try to either be with her no matter what, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't come down to good and evil. It just comes down to Shalua. To family. Family. That old Vin Diesel. The Vin Diesel special, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but we get... Probably uh, one of the better like CGI scenes. Oh, it looks uh, w- great. Which honestly, watching this whole entire sequence made me th- again think of like, man, they should this should have just been a CGI movie. <laughs> this this whole game should just been a CGI movie. I would have like been down. or like a CGI anime or so. You know what I mean? Like a series. Because um, man, yeah, this really like when they do this. Whenever they do CG for FF Seven. Like, this is obviously, it's on the same caliber, I would say, as Advent Children. It's about there, In absolutely. terms of quality, which got me really excited. And, yeah, this big, you know, we see, you know, the them attacking from the air and from the ground. And then we see uh, Cloud coming in. And, like, him and Rosso are going to fight. And everything's cool. We got Yuffie, you know, we got everyone flying on these, like, skate, uh, these, like, flying surfboard <laughs> things the hoverboards totally yeah it's like all these really just like wacky shit going on and i'm like man this really feels like the big like the beginning of the final fight you Mm -hmm. know this is like some final fight stuff and i realized that we're only halfway through the game at this point (laughs) but uh as we were also kind of talking about it's like maybe it's gonna be the next good chunk of this game might be a little bit more gameplay heavy than story heavy but I could see it being a good mixture of like half and half. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more skewed towards gameplay. I think that's what you're going to see. There's probably going to be chapters of full, just all gameplay and probably chapters just full of cutscenes and dialogue. Yep. Um, And we'll, we'll be here to break it down. Yeah. And it's, yeah, man, I'm just, because I, as I'm, 
I'm just rewatching this whole scene now <laughs> as we're talking about it. And I'm like, man, it's pretty cool, man. So cool. Gotta admit. And I really hope we get to see Cloud and Rosso fight even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be cool. I want to see everyone. I want to, I want a advent, ch- uh, advent children style moment of like, we do like the pan around the entire battlefield and we see everyone doing their shit, you know, mm-hmm. I always love those scenes. Uh, in movies, you know, like like the Avengers and stuff, like you know when they have the the big pan around and everyone's doing their thing, and uh, but it's seemingly so far. But I will say, at the very end of this, we get uh, you know Vincent, you know, deploys himself, and the shot, the final shot of this, where he's looking up towards the destroyed uh, Shinra Tower and like just the ruins of Midgar, I think is a really cool, a uh, really cool image that i'm like man i would have that as my wallpaper <laughs> right which it looks I, that's sick. my favorite metric for judging how good something looks like yeah i'll have that as a wallpaper that could be a wallpaper <laughs> i feel that but uh yeah as we're coming up on an hour and a half it's a big man, one that's it's how a big boy that's what you could expect we're gonna start coupling these chapters yeah, we're gonna together. you know because we want it we want to finish up dirge before Integrate. Integrate comes out. So, yeah, the these next couple episodes might be a little bit longer uh, than usual, longer. which, uh, you know, I think is fine. And I don't think the, I don't think uh, our fans are going to complain about that. But uh, are there any closing thoughts that you would have? No, cl- no closing thoughts other than I really hope they double down on that. Um, how do you put it? They double down on Vincent and Lucrezia kind of being that symbolic first incarnation of cloud and Aerith. i think yeah that's something that's hit me the hardest when rewatching dirge so i'm like that's one of the things that's, that's one be of the things out. you want to see back yeah no I, I pluck that out it's something like like since you brought that up it's kind of been like rolling around in the back of my brain this whole time of like man that's a really good point um yeah i am super excited for that um i i'm really curious we haven't really seen much of nero yet and we haven't we didn't really talk about like how uh how lucky it was that the last episode we talked about nero the sable and we recorded that episode and literally the next day that trailer came out with nero in it <laughs> well it's so funny because we released the episode that morning yeah so anyone yeah. tuned in is like oh they're talking about Nero. yeah maybe we'll see him it's like didn't these schmucks watch the trailer yeah it's like yeah i i, for, I forgot i was gonna lead off this episode with talking about like man we really predicted <laughs> the future on that one huh? it was all planned guys don't worry about it totally wasn't a mistake or just a massive coincidence <laughs> right you know we we we're, we got we got you know people on the inside no we don't I wish we did. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm excited. Uh, I've I've not been more. I feel like at the end of every episode, I say I, I've never been more excited for more dirge. But I am not. I I'm not lying when I say that. <laughs> I I especially after this big whole you know Avengers Assemble moment that we have. Yeah, uh, I'm more ready than ever. I'm I'm ready to ride this hype train up until integrate. I mean, I'm hoping this game doesn't take a shit at, after this point, but I, I, I'm curious. I'm more curious than I've ever been. We shall see. Because for all the, for all the faults that this game has shown thus far, I feel like it's positives are outweighing it immensely. In my opinion. Um, I would and agree. really, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that I was proven wrong on this game so far in terms of like, 
you know, because obviously we all know it's not the, a total trash heap. Yeah, like we all, I was, I was ready to hand wave it away, but I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that this game keeps, it's keeping me in, in invested in it, and and I want to see it more. I want to see more of everything. I want to see more of everyone. So hopefully we do, and hopefully what we do get is not disappointing on all fronts. But uh, yeah, one can think, hope, right? I think, uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Ready so, to wrap uh, it up. Uh, would you want me to count it down this time? I always, I feel like I always ask you if you want to do it, but I feel like I should do it this time. You should do it this time. Go All with right. your gut. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Dead, 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 dead,